Hello, everybody, and welcome to Rich Sports Talk NFL Mock Draft Special Number One, broadcasting live on SoundCloud, TuneIn, iTunes, and Spreaker. Just a reminder, you can follow us on Facebook, Rich Sports Talk, richsportstalk.com, or on Twitter, at Rich Sports Talk. And if you have any opinions of this episode or have any questions you'd like to get on the show, please re- email us, richsportstalk at gmail.com. And in this one, we're going to go straight 1 through 32. So if your team doesn't have a first-round pick, they will not be in this draft. No trades in this first one. Lots of great information. We'll, of course, update this as we get closer to April as more news comes out as we go through the draft process, the combine, and the pro days. But first, we're going to start off. This will be our very first one. Spoiler alert, you're going to see a lot of quarterbacks go off the board. This is one of the richest quarterback classes in NFL history. Could be one of the best ones since the 2004 draft. And also that 1980s draft where you had Jim Kelly, Dan Marino, and John Elway all going in the first round. There's going to be a lot of picks in this draft, so a lot of quarterbacks are going to be moved off the board. You're going to be surprised how many I have going off the board in this draft. And let's go. Mock draft, NFL 1. And with the first pick in the 2018 NFL draft, the Cleveland Browns will select Josh Allen, the quarterback out of Wyoming. It's clear. Cleveland is going to draft a quarterback. Now, the question is where? Many will say it will be Donald or Rosen, but here are the reasons I see Cleveland selecting Allen. First, he's the closest prospect to Carson Wentz. Similar size, playing style, college system, and both had the same coach in college. One of the reasons Wentz has been so successful is he had was under a pro system in college, so it made the transition a lot easier for them. The big problem that we've seen with Sam Donald and Josh Rosen more of a spread style system, so there may be more of a learning curve there. And don't kid yourself, Cleveland is still kicking themselves for not selecting Carson Wentz in the draft when they had that number two pick, and they knew the Rams were going to take Jared Goff. Don't forget, this is the AFC North, outside, cold weather in Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Cincinnati in November, December. You need guys that know how to play in the cold and bad weather and have the arm to play in that weather. And this is what Allen did in Wyoming, playing 7,000 feet above sea level. Bad environments out there on the field. So he's used to playing in bad weather. It'll be interesting to see that transition for Allen and Donald. I do believe both could play, but this is a kid that's used to it. The other thing, too, is don't forget, both these quarterbacks won't say it publicly, but there has been a lot of reports that their agents and people close to their camp have been floating that they don't want to go to Cleveland. Out of the big three prospects, there's no question he's the most raw prospect. The good news is the expectations are low for Allen in Cleveland. Don't forget, this team still has Deshaun Kaiser, who can be a bridge quarterback if they want to give him the whole year or most of the season to sit. This is a team that didn't win a single game last year, so even if they could win two to three games next year, it would be a huge step in the right direction for that fan base. Could the Browns go in a different direction at quarterback? Absolutely. However, with the reports we're getting from the two California quarterbacks from their camps and how similar he is to Carson Wentz and how well Carson Wentz has done in the NFL, I see the Browns pulling the trigger here, going with Allen, and making him the first quarterback taken in the NFL draft. Number two, the New York Giants select Sam Donald, quarterback of USC. Now, a lot of these mock drafts, I see Shaquan Barkley going to the New York Giants. This is a draft where I cannot see them taking A, a running back that high at number two when you can get a guy like Nick Chubb out of Georgia or one of those high-end running backs early in the second round. This is a team that is at a crossroads. Win next year or full rebuild. 
But the good thing for the Giants is I think they can do a bit of both. They can keep Eli Manning and develop his future replacement behind him. I think Sam Donald is that guy. A lot of scouts love Donald in terms of his size, his mobility, his accuracy, and he's been able to deal with the big media market in Los Angeles. This is a kid that's been groomed to be playing a big market. I think he's also played in a glamour city. He knows how to handle himself in that situation, and New York media and that market is a huge adjustment, but I think he's one of the few quarterbacks that could do well. I understand that the Giants want to win next year with Eli Manning, but this is a rare opportunity for them where they can get their next franchise quarterback for the for 15 years. This is a division. Keep this in mind. You're going to see Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz for at least the next 10 to 15 seasons. You're going to have to have a succession plan well after Eli Manning, or you are going to be relegated to the bottom of this division for the next decade. They have to pull the trigger here on Donald. You're not going to get another opportunity at a great quarterback like this. Could Rosen also be the pick here? I could absolutely see that as well. But to me, Donald's a little bit more reserved. He fits that giant mold. He's a more conservative kid. Rosen does have outspoken opinions. And while I do think he's the more talented thrower, the Giants are a conservative organization. Keep in mind, after the debacle last year of all the players speaking out and all the problems they had in the front office and with the media, I think that they want to go with a conservative quarterback. He fits more along that Eli mold of a guy who is more conservative and well-spoken. It just makes way too much sense. A great quarterback prospect and a guy who doesn't have to play next year. The Giants could go with the decision to trade Manning and go with Donald from day one. That wouldn't be the worst decision in the world either, but at least they'll have their quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years. At number three, the Indianapolis Colts will select Josh Rosen. Now, I know what a lot of you are saying. This is crazy. Why would the Colts select a quarterback here? He's the last of the big three quarterbacks that we talked about in this draft. So what does that mean? His value will go up. The Colts can use this as leverage that they'll have his rights, that they can trade him for multiple first-round picks, and they could trade him down the draft. Buffalo could be an enticing place for a trade. They have two first-round picks this year, multiple first and seconds over the next few years. So the Colts could just draft him just to trade him because they'll have the rights and if they don't like the pick, the trades they're going to get in the 10 minutes when they're on the clock, they'll be able to hold on to him until they get the better deal. But here's another reason why this makes a lot of sense to draft him. We do not know what the state of Andrew Luck is. And I got into this in an earlier podcast about Josh McDaniels deciding to stay in New England. We don't know what the state of Andrew Luck is. And I do believe that was a big factor in why Josh McDaniels stayed in New England. We haven't heard about Andrew Luck. We don't know what condition he's going to be in. So even if the Colts held on to Rosen for a year, just as an insurance policy, it's not going to diminish his value too much that they can still trade him at the end of next season and get multiple draft picks back for him. The other thing to keep in mind too is if there's a chance that Andrew Luck is not going to be the same player, the Colts owe him a lot of money. So they could go and make the decision if they don't feel that Luck is best interest long term for that team in terms of his health and performance, maybe they'll make the switch to Rosen. It's a little bit more of a long shot, but at least drafting Rosen gives them ammunition to trade in the draft and get multiple picks, but it's also a strong contingency plan in case Andrew Luck is ready to go. Keep in mind, Andrew Luck has not played football in over a year, and we do not know what shape he is in throwing the football, and this is an organization 
that hasn't been really upfront about his status. They've gone back and forth last season about what his status was, saying he'd be ready to go early in the season, and he didn't play a single snap last year. So Josh Rosen, because of his value, because the other two quarterbacks go first, he's one of the big three in this draft. I see them drafting him, and even if he plays for them a year and just sits on the bench, it's not going to diminish his value. He still could command multiple picks next offseason. With the fourth pick in the NFL draft, the Browns back on the clock. They're going to select Shaquan Barkley out of Penn State. Cleveland could go multiple ways with this pick. They could improve their defense. They can improve the offensive line. But Shaquan Barkley is the most talented running back in this class. Isaiah Crowell is a free agent for this team, and despite being a solid running back, he is not as talented as Shaquan Barkley. Giving Allen and whoever the quarterback is this option, a guy who can carry the ball 20 to 25 times in that division, especially in November, December when the weather is bad, is a great luxury. We've seen the value of getting running backs high. We've seen what Ezekiel Elliott has done to the Dallas Cowboys. You can draft the running back high as long as he's the right running back. Outside of quarterbacks, Barkley is the biggest name in this draft, and on a lot of draft boards, if he's not the highest-rated prospect, he certainly is in the top three. This is a team that just needs talent. They were 0-16, and more importantly, keep this in mind as well, this is a team that has won one game in two years. That fan base needs hope. They need a guy to go see and the biggest name that has the most pull outside of these quarterbacks is Shaquan Barkley. He, they will go to see this kid play. He's a talented running back. This is a team they're not going to win many games next year. They have a long road to go, but they need players that fans are going to pay money to go see because they know the Prague's not going to be that good. They know this isn't going to be a great team. But at least Barkley gives them hope. It gives them an upgrade on offense. And it gives you two great pillars to build around this offense for the next 10 seasons with a good young quarterback and a good running back. They need to have a splash in this draft and getting a great quarterback and the number one running back prospect in the first four picks is a great way to restart this rebuild in Cleveland. With the fifth pick in the NFL draft, the Denver Broncos will select Baker Mayfield, the quarterback out of Oklahoma. Look, this is going to be a very interesting draft where I think you're going to see a lot of quarterbacks reach for. I'm predicting that the Broncos lose out on the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes because John Elway, I think, will get a little bit of cold feet. And I do believe the Jets are going to overpay for him, which I'll get to in the next pick and why the Broncos are going to be desperate. They have a defense that can win now. Consider this with the Broncos. They have a lot of talent. They have a great defense. And this is a franchise that, keep this in mind, they want to work out with Baker Mayfield specifically at the Senior Bowl. If John L.A. liked what he saw or feels he can at least win with Baker Mayfield for the short term, I think they're going to pull the trigger. Plus, keep in mind, this is a quarterback lead. You need a quarterback, and with the lack of options out there for the Broncos, could they maybe get a Josh McCown from the Jets and let Baker Mayfield sit behind him for a year? That's definitely a possibility. But this is a team and an organization with John Elway. They know the value of a quarterback. And even if it's a bit of a stretch, they're going to have to pull the trigger here because this is a team that, despite their needs, their biggest glaring flaw is a quarterback. With the sixth pick in the NFL draft, the New York Jets will select Bradley Chubb, the defensive end out of North Carolina State. This was a tough pick. I went really back and forth on this one because the Jets have proven over the last three years they're going to take the best player on the board regardless of position. We've seen that with Jamal Adams and Leonard Williams. 
So now the question is, where do they go? They have two really intriguing options here where they can go and get the great guard, who I really like, Quinton Nelson out of Notre Dame, who would be a big upgrade on that offensive line and also help protect their new investment in Kirk Cousins. However, this has been a team that has struggled getting to the quarterback and they don't have a true great pass rusher, so they will invest in the best pass rusher in this draft. Keep in mind, they're going to have to go against Tom Brady for the next two to three years, and this is a team that could address the offensive line in free agency or later in this draft. There are very few pass rushers in this draft, and Chubb is by far the best one. He is a great guy that can bend the end. He is an extremely talented player. 26 tackles for a loss, 10 sacks in his final college season. The only player at NC State with more tackles for a loss was Mario Williams, who had a great NFL career. Chubb has great athleticism, explosive, and a motor that he is on every play. He could be an elite pass rusher in this draft. Keep in mind, this is a defensive-built team. They have a defensive coach who really hasn't had that pass rusher he really wants. They're going to cut Muhammad Wilkerson this offseason to save money. But if you look at that core, that defense could have something very special building. You look at all the young players they're going to have. Marcus May and Jamal Adams in the secondary. Leonard Williams and Darren Lee in the front seven. They could also upgrade the offensive line. But keep in mind, this team also has two second-round picks early. They could address the running back in the second round and the offensive line in the second in the second round as well. There's a limited amount of pass rushers, but the Jets look out. They get the best one in the NFL draft. Number seven, Tampa Bay. Quentin Nelson, the offensive guard on Notre Dame. Just talked about him with the Jets. But this Buccaneers team, they need offensive line help to protect Jameis Winston because they need to evaluate Jameis Winston. And it's awfully hard to do that with one of the league's worst offensive lines. Keep in mind, they play six talented front sevens in their own division, Carolina, Atlanta, and New Orleans. Nelson is the best offensive line prospect, and many scouts feel he can be the next Zach Martin, a perennial all-pro guard out of Notre Dame. This helps them on the offensive line, and whoever they get to play running back next season, this will be their pick, and he's one of the highest-rated prospects in the draft. Just makes way too much sense to go that direction. Number eight, the Chicago Bears will take Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver out of Alabama. Last season, the Bears made the big investment trading up to draft Mitch Trubisky, and they need to upgrade the playmakers around him. Ridley is regarded as the best receiving talent in this draft. A great combination, speed and hands, and this kid is a playmaker and really stands above the rest of this class. With Kendall Wright's future with the Bears up in the air, they really do need to put some weapons around the young Trubisky. This is a talented roster, especially on the defensive side of the ball and their running backs. This team can run the football, but they need weapons on the outside. They can get the best one in the draft right here. Helps develop their young quarterback who's going into his year, his second year, and you're going to need weapons, and you're going to be able to have to score in this league because you're going against Green Bay and Detroit, two high-powered offenses in this division, so you're going to have to be able to stick with them. They go with Ridley out of Alabama. At 9, the San Francisco 49ers will go with Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker out of Virginia Tech. Last year, it looked like the 49ers had the steal of the draft at 31 and Reuben Foster, and he looked like a steal in his first season. However, since being drafted, he's had two arrests, and the last one included allegedly dragging his injured girlfriend. This means his NFL career could be in serious jeopardy, or at the very least, next season on that defense. John Lynch wants to build this 49ers to have a strong defense, and they could go this direction with Edmonds, who has been compared to Anthony Barr in terms of athleticism. They're, they already have their captain and their quarterback with Jimmy Garoppolo. They've made that investment 
This defense really took a good turn last year. They have the talent, but now losing a big piece like Reuben Foster, and even if Foster is able to return, just getting another talented linebacker on this defense, they have some nice pieces to build around. Emmons is one of the best athletes in this draft, so it makes a lot of sense that they draft a 6'5", 250-pound linebacker that could play multiple positions in that defensive scheme in that draft, especially with the uncertainty around Foster. And number 10, the Oakland Raiders will go with Minka Fitzpatrick, the defensive back from Alabama. The Raiders had one of the worst secondaries in football last year. John Grooney is coming in to help this offense, getting Derek Carr and Amari Cooper to have bounce-back seasons. Offense is a specialty, but he knows the value of defense. Fitzpatrick might not be a shutdown corner on the outside, but he is a type of player that can play multiple positions. He can play in the slot. He can play outside if need be, but he can also play safety. His versatility gives him a lot of value on that defense into a secondary that was burned last year. This is a team they're going to have to go against some good passing attacks, including Philip Rivers twice a year and Patrick Mahomes, who might have one of the best arms in the NFL, even though that remains to be seen. This defense needs as much help as they can get. Gruden is there to help this offense, and they have a lot of positions to set on offense, offensive line, wide receiver, and quarterback. This defense is due for a major overhaul in the draft, and they start here getting one of the best defensive backs in the draft. At number 11, the Dolphins will go corner Josh Jackson out of Iowa. After moving on from Brian Maxwell, the Dolphins need help in the secondary. Jackson had 8 interceptions and 27 passes defended last year at Iowa. He figures to be a day one starter. He's got that size and speed to play on the outside. And he is a playmaker. He has a great nose for the ball. And he is one of those guys that's always in the middle of every passing play. The big question will be consistency. He had his he was a one-year wonder, had an absolutely incredible season in college football last year, but he hasn't been one of those guys that's had a two to three year window of success that we've really seen at the college level. But given their need at corner and the talent that Jackson has, he seems to be a great playmaker. I see the Dolphins pulling the trigger and help invest on that defense. That once again, you gotta go against Tom Brady twice a year. You need all the help you can get to slow that passing game down. At number 12, the Cincinnati Bengals will surprise a lot of people and draft Lamar Jackson, the quarterback out of Louisville. Don't kid yourself. The Bengals are looking to replace Andy Dalton. They Even if they have to have that quarterback sit behind him for two seasons, they understand that Andy Dalton is limited with what he can do, and this is a situation which I think fits well. Don't forget the impact Deshaun Watson had last season. The Bengals could look to take advantage of the Bengals could look to take advantage of Jackson's athletic ability, including putting in a run pass option until he gets comfortable in the NFL. He does not have the same accuracy as Watson. Watson had a longer term success and he was better throwing the football. However, seeing the success of Watson and the athletic ability of Jackson, the Bengals could figure that they're able to hone those gifts and put him into a good situation. Keep in mind, they're going to face great pass rushes in this division. They go against Baltimore. They're going to get go against the Steelers. And don't look at Cleveland. Cleveland's going to get a decent pass rush. They're going to play six teams that can rush the passer. This isn't a great offensive line. You'll need a quarterback with mobility to help avoid that pass rush. Jackson's a little bit of a gamble here. But this is a franchise. They're desperate for a quarterback. They're desperate to move on for Andy Dalton. They're not going to find that guy in free agency. This is a high enough pick in the draft where I don't see this team being bad enough to get into the top 10 in the next two to three seasons. 
So they're going to have to pull the trigger at some point. I think they take the risk on Jackson once again. With the new CBA, it makes it easier to hold on to the quarterbacks and less of a bus risk because of the lower contracts. So I see them pulling the trigger here. Just makes way too much sense for the Bengals to do that. At number 13, the Washington Redskins will go with Derwin James, the safety out of Florida State. Washington has invested in their quarterback long term. They've gone with Alex Smith. They're going to move on from Kirk Cousins. This team has talent on the offensive side of the ball, but the defenses, all three areas of this defense, from defensive line, linebacker, and secondary, can use improvement. Washington takes one of the best safeties in Derwin James, physically gifted, compared to Jamal Adams last season. He has some holes in his coverage, but like Adams, they know he's an alpha male. This is a guy that on the weekends, organized film study. This is the kind of defensive captain you want on the back end and a guy who's going to study and work hard. This is one of those guys that changes the mentality in the locker room and on a defense. It's rare to get these type of guys in the draft. I see Washington pulling the trigger here to not only improve their secondary, but improve that mental toughness on the defensive side. At number 14, the Green Bay Packers will go tackle Orlando Brown out of Oklahoma. Green Bay needs help at receiver. They need help in the secondary on defense. But the first round, they give Aaron Rodgers protection because he has been running for his life. He's getting older. He still has that great mobility, but you don't know how long it's going to last, and he's losing a step. And they lost him last season to a bad injury. If you want Aaron Rodgers to succeed and play all 16 games, you have to improve the offensive line in front of him. Brown's one of those guys. You can plug him in right away. Even if he doesn't start a left tackle, he can upgrade the right tackle position. Just gives Aaron Rodgers that extra set of protection that he desperately needs. At number 15, the Arizona Cardinals will select another quarterback, Mason Rudolph, out of Oklahoma State. They need a quarterback. They are desperate for a quarterback. Even if this means they have to sign Josh McCown or another veteran quarterback uh, this offseason. But they'll need one in the long term. The big problem for Arizona is a lot of the great quarterback prospects are off the board. They're also hurt too because they're not selecting till midway through the second round. Because of this... They're going to feel pressure to pull the trigger early so they can get a quarterback instead of being left without one. One interesting prospect will be Mason Rudolph. Physically, he has all the tools. Six foot five, 230, big arm. But the issue will be the Oklahoma State system. Like Baker Mayfield plays in a conference where they pay little to any defensive ball, wide open offenses, one quick reads. There's going to be an adjustment to go from that wide-open offense to a pro-style system. The best situation would be to have Rudolph to sit. However, with the lack of veterans probably on the market, there could be even a chance he starts day one. There's going to be a steep learning curve. And in a perfect world, the Cardinals can get a veteran quarterback for next season. And we'll hope to have Mason Rudolph ready to go for 2019 and use next season as a redshirt year. At number 16, the Baltimore Ravens go with Christian Kirk, the wide receiver from Texas A&M. Good or bad, the Ravens are stuck with Joe Flacco for the near future. The Ravens need a lot of offensive helps in terms of running back, tight end, and wide receiver. This is not a great draft for tight ends and playmakers, and it's still early to take a running back. The Ravens could probably get a decent one in round two or three, like we saw with the Saints and Alvin Kamara last year. However, they could use one of Joe Flacco's strengths, his big arm, here by drafting Christian Kirk, who's one of the better playmakers at wide receiver in this draft. Also projects to be a very good return man in the NFL. This is a team that really needs to give Joe Flacco weapons, and they've really struggled to give him good weapons in his career in the NFL. I'm higher on Joe Flacco than a lot of people, 
I still think he's a top 15 quarterback in this league. He just needs help around him. And the Ravens do that by addressing the wide receiver position and giving him a guy he can go deep to and help them stretch the field. At 17, the Los Angeles Chargers will go with Mike McGlinchey, the offensive tackle of Ohio State. Like many teams in this draft, the Chargers could be looking to find a long-term answer at quarterback after Phillip Rivers. However, they won't find that here. This team can be a playoff team next year with their defense and the fact that they have a future Hall of Fame quarterback. However, they should go offensive line to help with this. McGlinchey from Ohio State would definitely be an upgrade. Let's not forget, the Chargers have two tackles that were at best average last season, and both were over 30. It's starting to get a little long in the tooth. They need Phillip Rivers to be healthy to have any chance in this talented AFC West, and McGlinchey could come in and be a day-one star, maybe even at left tackle, but certainly at right to help shore up that offensive line. Uh, and keep in mind, Big Ten offensive linemen have made the transition in the NFL well, especially the ones out of Ohio State. This is one of the few schools that really breeds great offensive linemen in the NFL, and the Chargers get one of those right here. Staying with the offensive line at 18, the Seattle Seahawks will go with Isaiah Wynn, the guard out of Georgia. Now, many can see the Seahawks going with corner here, especially with Richard Sherman getting up there and the rumors that they might try to move on from the veteran corner. But this is a team in a scouting department that is known for finding great defensive talent later in the draft. We've seen that with the Legion of Boom and where they were drafted. Russell Wilson took a beating last year behind an offensive line that was one of the league's worst. The interior of this line was a major problem, especially in pass protection, which is why Seattle will go with the best pass-blocking offensive guard left in the draft. Wynn has the versatility. He can play tackle if they need him. He can even play center but it looks like his best spot will be guard in the NFL. He is a little bit undersized, but he has great athleticism, and scouts really love his ability to pass protect, which is what this team needs. The Rams have one of the best defensive lines in football, especially in the interior. They're going to have to go against the Rams twice a year, so they're going to need Russell Wilson protected. This is an investment that helps protect Russell Wilson, and this is a draft where I can see Seattle with the problems they have on that offensive line. They can make multiple picks on that offensive line. They have a lot of needs now, but offensive line is their biggest one. I could see them selecting multiple offensive linemen, and they start here in the first round trying to protect Russell Wilson. At 19, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, they're going to go with Vita Vey, the defensive tackle out of Washington. Let's be honest, the Cowboys' biggest need will be playmakers for Dak Prescott. They're going to need wide receivers or tight ends. However, at this point in the draft, this isn't a time to pick one. There are some decent receivers that they could go with, especially if they cut Des Bryant, which looks like it's very possible. But this is a draft that has a lot of those mid-range wide receivers and tight ends at the second to fifth round. So the Cowboys can make that pick there. I see them going a little bit different direction. I see them going Vita Vey, the massive 344-pound defensive lineman. This is a team they're going to have to go against Philadelphia. Philadelphia can run the ball. They have a great offensive line. These two teams, the Eagles and the Cowboys, over the next five to ten years, they're going to be building in the trenches. That's where their two strong suits are, and they need to keep investing in it. Lawrence, I think, is not going anywhere. He's a free agent, but I see the Cowboys putting up whatever it takes to keep him. They're going to have him as a pass rusher. They can rush the passer a little bit, but he is an absolute wall in the run game. He helps improve this team's run defense. And don't sleep on Dallas's defense. They've made a couple of great moves over the last few years. 
And before you know it, this could be a defense where we start putting it in the upper echelon of the NFL because they have talent, especially that defensive line, and they improve it right here, Gang Bay, out of Washington. At number 20, Detroit Lions, they're in an interesting situation. So they're going to go with Marcus Davenport. Ziggy Ansah, he is going to get paid this summer, and I don't see that being with the Lions, especially after the massive contract for Matthew Stafford. Even if he stays in Detroit, this team still needs a pass rush, sure. At 6'5 and 255 pounds, this is a kid who is explosion. Davenport, coming from a little bit lower play, he's from the unit, Texas San Antonio. You can't teach 6'6 six six and 250 pounds. I think he's going to be one of those kids that really explodes and really starts getting notoriety at the combine and on his pro day because they're going to see how physical he can be. He's got great speed. Reminds me a little bit of Ziggy Ansah when he came out. Raw talent, great player, but it was one of those guys like, well, we're not exactly sure about the talent level, but he is a raw prospect. It's very hard to teach that side and speed combination. If you're able to get him and keep Ansel, that's a great one-two punch on the pass rush. But given the fact that it looks like Ziggy Ansel is going to be playing football somewhere else next year, they're going to need to find another pass rusher, and Davenport fits the mold. Now, 21 and 22 are interesting because they're back-to-back -back picks by the Buffalo Bills. Now, I could see Buffalo trading using these two for leverage to move up, but if they can't move up for a quarterback, I have them with the following picks. First with 21, you can flip-flop these either way, but we'll start with 21. They go with Deron Payne from Alabama. This pick makes a lot of sense considering that losing Marcel Darius really hurt that defensive line. They struggled in run defense last year. Payne is one of those few guys, he is a monster. He's going to be great in the run defense, can get to the quarterback a little bit, but he's one of those guys, especially in the national championship game, you saw him jump off the screen and be a playmaker. He's been a consistent force in the middle of this Alabama defense the past two seasons, and he would be a day-one starter in Buffalo. This team, they love building on defensive lines, and this is a kid who's got athleticism, but he immediately fills that, that void that Darius left in Buffalo. It's a void they haven't been able to fill. And that defensive line, which used to have such great depth, really has lacked it over the last few years. So I could really see them really trying to readdress that defensive line and building up that toughness on the defense. At 22, Buffalo will go quarterback with Mike White from Western Kentucky. This is going to be a draft, and we've seen it with the picks, that they're going to be desperate for quarterbacks. A lot of teams need quarterbacks. Once again, Bills, kind of like Arizona earlier, can't wait to the second round because the quarterbacks that could possibly be a quality starter will be gone by that point. Now, 22, I have the Bills going with quarterback Mike White out of Western Kentucky. This is going to be a draft that is desperate for quarterbacks, and the Bills don't want to risk, like Arizona, waiting to the second round and missing out. Should White be a first-round quarterback? Absolutely not. But the good news is he does have the size, and a decent arm out of Western Kentucky. He's the type of kid, He don't forget too, this kid played baseball and has a gun, threw 90 miles an hour as a high school pitcher. He could be Christian Hackenberg 2.0, though. He's a talented quarterback who can throw a great deep ball. But the thing that Scout said is it's hard to evaluate him because of that poor offensive line he played behind, and he was always under pressure. That was the excuse about Christian Hackenberg was he didn't have the talent in the offensive line at Penn State. This could be like that once again. But don't kid yourself. Buffalo is desperate for a quarterback. They're not necessarily they're not sold on Tyrod Taylor. He's got a big cap hit coming up. 
and Nathan Peterman didn't overly impress. Even if they drafted a quarterback here, they have multiple picks where they can address their other needs in this draft and next year. I think they take a risk here on the quarterback. Even if they cut Taylor, they'll now have someone to compete for the starting job. Rob Kidd has a lot of upside. Now there's a big boomer bust potential with this one. He could be a big boom with his athleticism, but he could also be a bust because we really haven't seen what he could do in college with that offensive line. And he's a guy that throws under 60% completion rate. But the good news is for Buffalo, he fits because of that arm. This is a terrible place to play in November and December. You need a big arm. You can't be a Johnny Manziel. You can't have an okay arm. You need a strong arm to cut through that cold wind in Buffalo in November and December. And he has that arm. We saw once again, pitcher through 90 miles an hour. He's got a gun. He can wing it. But the question is, can he transition to the next level? But I do see Buffalo taking a shot on him here just because they're so desperate for a quarterback. At 23, the Los Angeles Rams will go with James Daniels, the center out of Iowa. One of the reasons for Todd Gurley's and Jared Goff's success last year was because of how much of an emphasis this Ram team put on upgrading that offensive line. They've addressed their cornerback position by trading for Marcus Peters. This team really doesn't have a lot of holes, so they have a chance to draft for the best available, and one of the best prospects available is Daniels out of Iowa. Now, he actually fits their scheme very well. The zone block running scheme, similar to what Iowa did. He is the potential to be a day one star. Keep in mind, John Sullivan, their star from last year, is 32 years old. This could be a situation where Daniels sits on the bench and takes over next season, but he could be a starter next year. Look, they have a good young quarterback and a good young running back. They need to continue to build up their offensive line to help Gurley continue to be a great running back and also with Jared Goff. They have the receivers on the outside. Could they maybe go tight end here? That's a possibility. But the but Chamave is smart. He knows how to make offenses work, and he knows the importance of offensive line help. So getting the best center in the draft at 23 is a great steal for this team. It just helps build up an impressive offensive line. just makes it that much better. And don't forget, they're trying to keep up with the Eagles right now, who are great on both sides of the ball. So they're going to need to upgrade on offensive line. So it just makes a lot of sense for the Rams to go Daniels. At number 24, the Carolina Panthers, they're going to go with Jamarco Jones, the offensive tackle out of Ohio State. Carolina has plenty of directions they could go. They need a receiver. They need a pass rusher. They could go guard, especially if Andrew Norwell leaves in free agency. There are plenty of directions to go and to choose from, but they need a left tackle, so they'll go with Jamarco Jones out of Ohio State. He's a solid tackle. He's not going to wow you. He's not going to be one of these prospects that jumps off the page in terms of his physicality or ability, but he's one of those guys that you can just plug in from day one and be a solid starter, even if it's at right tackle, but he has shown the quickness and the lateral agility to play left tackle. This is a team Cam Newton has taken a beating in recent years, and part of that is because of the offensive line. They need to protect him, and in this division, you have three very good pass rushes, and there are a lot of positions that the Panthers could go, but the importance of having a solid left tackle outweighs all the other ones, so they go left tackle here with Jones out of Ohio State. At 25, the Tennessee Titans will go with Harold Landry, edge rusher from Boston College. Tennessee's got a new offensive coordinator. They do have talent on the offensive side of the ball, but they have a defensive coach in Mike Vrabel now, and this is a team that really lacked a pass rush on the defensive side. Look for Tennessee to go defense here. 
Vrabel's a 3-4 scheme. He knows the importance of an edge rusher, and Landry is a great speed rusher off the edge. Even though he was hampered last year and only played in nine games due to an ankle injury, he still had five sacks. This is a kid he's very raw. In college, beat a lot of kids with his speed off the edge. He's a great speed rusher like Bruce Irvin originally out of college. Just beats people with blind speed. However, not necessarily has the pass rushing moves you would like to see from an edge guy. But the good news is he's going to Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel was an NFL linebacker. He understands techniques. And he's the type of guy that could turn Landry into a perennial double-digit sack out the edge by using his know-how coming from the New England system and also being a professional linebacker. So just this seems like the perfect fit of a good project player and a potential pass rushing threat. Keep in mind, you're going against Jacksonville, you're going against the Colts, and you're now going to have to go against the Texans, especially with the Texans and with the Colts, Andrew Luck and Deshaun Watson for four games. That's a quarter of your season. You're going to need to get after the quarterback, and that's what Landry can do is get off that edge and get to the quarterback. At 26, the Atlanta Falcons will go with Tim Settle, the defensive tackle from Virginia Tech. Atlanta proves their front was Settle out of Virginia Tech because he plays multiple positions on the defensive line and can rush the passer even at 335 pounds. Don't forget, the Falcons could move on from Dontari Poe and his massive contract this offseason, and the defensive line sorely needs depth. Every time you watched the Hokies this year, Settle just jumped off the screen. This is a kid who last year went from playing five, the four, the three, and the nose tackle technique on one season. He's versatile. He can play anywhere on the defensive line. They have a defensive coach that would love that versatility. Settled to the Falcons makes a lot of sense. Keep in mind, Atlanta has a lot of talent on the offensive side. Don't really need to address it here in the draft at this point, but improving that defense will only help as this team looks to get back to the Super Bowl they're going to have a long road, but improving that defensive line certainly will help. At 27, staying in the NFC South, the New Orleans Saints go with Raquan Smith, the outside linebacker from Georgia. Last year, the Saints drafted for the best player on the board, and they'll do it once again with the immensely talented Smith, who falls here in the draft because of his skill set. He is a weak outside linebacker and a 4-3 undersized a lot of the teams that are looking for outside linebackers are looking for that 3-4 pass rusher. So a lot of teams early in the draft will pass him. He will fall here. He's an immensely talented player, and he fits perfectly in that 4-3 scheme. Now, the Saints do need weapons for Breeze. They're struggling at tight end, and they're struggling at wide receiver. However, their identity now on the offensive side is running the ball with their great running backs and offensive line. We saw the importance of what a good young defense finally did for New Orleans last year. We saw how the draft impacted the Saints' defense and how they really made a great turn last year. Now they're able to get one of the best ball hawks and one of the best athletic linebackers in the draft here out of Georgia. You look, this kid was fantastic. Smith led Georgia with 95 tackles in both the playoff games, was constantly in the backfield, has a great nose for the ball, and just is another great young piece for this defense to build around. It's one of those guys that can play in coverage, versatile piece and they get him here at 27 just makes all the sense in the world at 28 Pittsburgh Steelers go with Ronnie Harrison the safety out of Alabama there's no question the loss of Ryan Shazier there is no question how big of an impact losing Ryan Shazier was on this defense last year Steelers could easily go linebacker to try to replace him 
but Ronnie Harrison from Alabama is just too enticing. He feels like Pittsburgh, tough, physical hitter that can play the ball in the back end. This kid can play both the pass and the run game. 74 tackles and three picks for the Crimson Tide. He feels versatile. He feels physical. Just feels like the type of guy Pittsburgh wants to build their defense around. Just fits like a glove. Just too perfect for them. It's like when they drafted Watt last year. Just the personality and the type of players they are. Just fits Pittsburgh to a T. Just too enticing here. Pittsburgh gets a safety and improves their defense. At 29, Jacksonville will go with Will Hernandez, the offensive guard out of Texas, El Paso. Jacksonville could go tight end here, but Tom Coughlin, he's in charge of personnel. He's always made a point of being physical on both sides of the ball in the trenches. Jacksonville has that on defense, but they need that on offense. Hernandez is one of those nasty guys you know will be loved in that offensive meeting room. 348 pounds. He is a mauler. This kid loves football. He's driven. And he always attacks. He's physical. He's one of those nasty guys you need on an offensive line. Keep in mind, if he's on this offensive line, could help with the running game with Leonard Fournette. This is a team that's going to want to continue to run the football like they did last year. He's got a great work ethic. Very athletic for guard. Could be a little bit raw. And you worry about the talent that he played against at Texas El Paso. But he just seems, he feels like a Coughlin guy. Just because of the work ethic, the drive, and how much he loves football. Just fits like a glove. Once again, back-to-back pits where the prospects, they just feel like they belong on that team. So the Jacksonville Jaguars improve their offensive line. At number 30, the Minnesota Vikings will go with Chuck Wuma Okafor, the offensive tackle out of Western Michigan. This is a team that they're going to need a quarterback. Once again, all three quarterbacks will be in turmoil. I do think they're able to bring back one of the quarterbacks if I had to guess would probably be Case Keenum, maybe Teddy Bridgewater on a reduced salary. But the discussion should be where they can improve. This team, despite the greatness of their back end on defense, could use help on the defensive line. But that offensive line, especially at the guard and tackle positions, is in desperate need of an upgrade. Okafora, he is one of those talented players, big, physical, could probably start guard or right tackle right away. It's going to be that he's a raw prospect. He hasn't played football very long. This isn't a kid who's played through high school. He's only started to play football recently. He could be more of a project in Minnesota, could start at guard, maybe bounce out the tackle eventually. But he's one of those few physical guys that you could probably plug in right away on this Minnesota offensive line. They'll desperately need it next season and they're another team that I could see making multiple picks in the trenches whether it's the defensive or offensive line in this draft. At 31 the New England Patriots will go with a quarterback Kyle Lauletta out of Richmond. Now I know a lot of people would be surprised by this but this pick is also bolstered by the fact that New England has two early second round picks. New England finds themselves in a familiar position trying to find a succession plan for Tom Brady. Brady has said he wants to play till he's 45, but you can probably bank on at least two to three more seasons. Now, this gives the Patriots a chance to develop another quarterback after trading Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, the similarities between Laoletta and Garoppolo are scary. Their skill sets, their size, their production, how they came on the scene, and more importantly, you look at their skill sets in terms of mobility, arm strength, size, hand size, height, weight, both playing in FCS competition. It just makes way too much sense that this could be the next Garoppolo. 
for the Patriots. Actually, did an article on RichSportsTalk.com and why he's such a perfect fit for New England moving forward. This is a team they need to build a succession plan. And Bill Belichick is smart. He understands the value of a quarterback. And this is the closest thing he'll find in the draft to Garoppolo. They're able to get him here. Keep in mind, he's trending upwards. 12 of 18 in the senior bowl for three touchdowns, no turnovers. This is a guy that people are starting to get a buzz on as his process continues to go along. I think you're going to hear this name more and more. But the Patriots are able to snag him here at 31, even though it seems a little bit high for this quarterback, who a lot of people were rejecting fourth, fifth round. Keep in mind that was similar to what Jimmy Garoppolo was out of Eastern Illinois. So I do see the Patriots going here, getting a guy who they know is not going to play for them next year, but that they want to develop. So in two to three years, if they feel he's ready and Tom Brady retires, they'll have a solid succession plan. And finally, the Philadelphia Eagles will go with Rashawn Evans, the linebacker out of Alabama. The Eagles could go corner or left tackle, especially after the injury to Jason Peters last year. But at this point in the draft, neither position has a player that really jumps out and feels like a first-round pick that could play right away. However, the Eagles could address the linebacker position. Evans would fit perfectly in their 3-4 system. Great guy who can get sideline to sideline. And he's exceptional on the blitz, was really used heavily in Alabama's blitz packaging. Health could be an issue, though. He fought through a nagging groin injury last year. However, Evans is a smart player with the speed modern linebackers need to play in coverage. Would be another great piece to add to an already immensely talented roster that is looking to get back to Super Bowl 53. And that's going to do it here for our first NFL mock draft. We'd love to hear your feedback on our picks. Who do you think should have gone the first round? And what picks did you feel were a bit of a stretch or that you just don't agree with? We'd love to hear your thoughts. No, very quarterback heavy, but, and I know there's going to be some criticism of that. However, this is a league, a lot of teams are desperate for quarterbacks. It's a quarterback driven league. This is a quarterback rich draft and a lot of teams are desperate. Things just add up that you're going to see a lot of quarterbacks off the board. Uh, we're going to have the next mock draft in the next few weeks after the combine. You can continue to follow us on richsportstalk.com, richsportstalk on Facebook, and of course, continue to listen, follow, and subscribe to our podcast. We're on multiple platforms now with the podcast. Tune in radio. You can listen to us on the TuneIn app. Uh, iTunes, you can download our podcast there. And of course, listening on Spreaker and SoundCloud.com. But until next time, I'm Nolan Rich. Thank you so much for joining us here today on Rich Sports Talk.